Welcome to Raising Your Spirits. Our hope is to help you make positive changes by providing guided messages from spirit. Tuning forks, crystals, and distance healing are how we pass those messages from spirit to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your vibrational growth with us. Your host for this version of Raising Your Spirits, Tony Ginnis. Today's got a very interesting topic. The topic of the class today is encountering danger and when other uh, spirits get involved and sort of intervene to make sure that you're safe. Near-death experiences, I mean, we see them all over. There's so many videos, so many stories about this particular topic, about people uh, having a plane crash and they survived or having a horrific accident. We have a few within our group. One of them is uh, one that going to work and on the way to work, somebody sideswipes her where she ends up skidding into the ditch and her car rolled 14 times before it came to a stop and you couldn't recognize it was a car and she walks away without a scratch. And how do you do that? Other topics like instances where if somebody is looking at that, uh, how on earth would somebody survive? We want to talk a little bit about why those occurrences are happening. Because some people feel that had a party, let's say, and they all get into a car and all their friends die, but they were spared. And so there's so much regret, so much guilt for why on earth would they have taken my friends or maybe even family and spared me. And so we want to talk a little bit about that because... Spirit wants to bring some clarity in some of the things that you're assuming that is going on with why. It's not so much the why we want to talk about. It's the evolution of everyone's energy. We're all here doing very different things in the same place. And it looks like we're conforming and we're trying to be like other people. But in essence, we're all here for ourselves in a sense that we're here to grow our soul. We're here to grow inside, outside. The first thing that happens in these kind of instances where something like that happens, where your life was spared, is way before that occurrence, you do get an intuition. Everyone does. It's almost like a little tap on the shoulder, like, don't go in that car. Don't go on this trip. Don't go with your friends driving. They tweak with you on your intuition. Even those people that don't meditate and they don't get, you know, the work that we are doing, spirit still finds a way to tap them on the shoulder in some way. They'll feel sick like the day that they have to leave somewhere. But darn it, I'm going to go anyway. We can't change if somebody is so bound and determined to get through that and go anyway. Because Spirit is trying in a very delicate way that for you not to go on this trip or not to do something. They'll hide your keys. They'll put your phone somewhere. How many times have you looked for your phone and you're looking on the table? It's happened to me a few times and I don't see it. And I just scour the whole house, take about five, 10 minutes to find it. And on the table is my phone. I said, how on earth could I have, 
I understand it's in a dark area, but I know what my phone looks like. I didn't see it. All of a sudden, it's now there. Then I get to go. So in that five or ten minutes long, it delayed my departure enough. So whatever was going to happen to me is now, I'm not going to be there. In in other words, I'm not going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. I want you to listen to this podcast, and it's called A Telephone from the other side. And it's basically loved ones, friends that have passed. And in their state of spirit, they want to communicate back to us. And so they explain a little bit about how that, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I want to save this segment for another topic, but you can listen to that podcast and to get an idea of what it's like to be on the other side and they're trying to come back. But that's one of the things that will start to come in if they are detecting you're going through something and it's not a good thing. Last week, I told the story about my dad. This was in, uh, oh boy, it was in the 70s. He wanted to go out with his friends to Toronto. We lived in Ottawa at the time. It was going to be like a rip-roaring weekend. Uh, And mom said, yeah, that's fine. Go with your friends. But I'm just getting not to go this particular time. And my dad was really angry. He said, I just, in those days, it was almost like he didn't want another woman to control him and all of that uh, sort of stuff. But what ended up happening was my mom started crying. Please don't go on this trip. I'm getting a really bad feeling uh, for this trip. If you want to go hunting or fishing with the guys next week, that's okay. But somehow this particular trip, just going down to Toronto in this convertible is just not sitting well with me. Well, anyway, out of exasperation, they argued. It ended up that my dad said, fine, fine, whatever. And they heard on the Monday, because it was a weekend, they heard on the Monday that the four guys that went down had a horrific car accident and all of them died on the highway. When my father caught that, it was like, whoa, it brought a whole new sense to what my mom was feeling. And somehow he was okay going to his friends for here and there, but this particular trip, it was a no. And my dad wasn't working. He didn't sort of meditate and he didn't do any of that stuff. He was a machinist, very sort of pragmatic person. So he didn't get it. So if even if spirit wanted to, they couldn't get through to him. But my mom was very sensitive, you know. She's a Hungarian lady and and she just ha- believed in a lot of that stuff. And so she was a little intuitive. But this was overwhelming to her. And it was like, you can't let Tony go on this trip. His name was Tony as well. And so he didn't, and it saved his life. When we look at those things, intuition tries to intervene first before they, if you're actually on it, before they get to that point where they have to do an intervening of the entire physical situation to save your life. Another story was we have another person in our group that uh, jumped out of a plane with a partner and they were uh, both skydivers, been through it many, many times. And this was just another routine jump. And they pulled their ripcord, both came out, no problem. Somehow the updraft or whatever draft it was, the two parachutes came together And they got tangled on the way down. Like they're just coming down as a spiral and they're coming down fast. And they're just sort of wondering, 
oh my God, how are we going to get out of this? And at the very last minute, as tangled as it seemed to have been, I can't imagine what that is like when you're going into a spiral and you can only imagine when it's just getting tighter as they're spiraling down. At the last minute, they just separate. And then they come down, they both survive. When they get down, they just say to hug each other, oh my God, that was amazing and terrifying. And so why does that kind of thing happen? I have another story of my own, actually. And it's, I have many of them, but the one that I really remember quite a bit is I lived in a town called Dacre, and it was a small town just outside of Renfrew. And I'm coming in on one of the highways uh, very early in the morning. I think it's January or whatever. I know there's snow on the ground, but the most of it was plowed. But the day before, we had the freezing rain and a lot of black ice. And I was on the highway by myself. And I'm just coming uh, over a hill, just over the hump. And then I start losing control of my car. And I'm actually sliding sideways. And I was heading right for a ravine. No guardrails. Absolutely none. And it's glare ice. So I said, oh my God, just give me enough traction on the shoulders, I'm saying to myself, that I can stop this vehicle coming sideways. And luckily it did. It hit the shoulder and I was literally inches away from going over and then it would have toppled over and I would have gone end over end. Who knows what would have happened. And, uh, And so I stood there standing still in my car still running, and I'm going, oh, thank God, that was amazing. So I just wanted to see if everything was okay. I got out of my car, and I did a complete flip. My legs went right up in the air, and I fell right on my back on the ice. And I'm going, and I start to walk around the car. Everything under the car is glare ice. Yeah, I could skate on it. There was no shoulder. There's no absolute reason how I would have stopped from going 30 kilometers an hour. And that's pretty fast when you're going sideways to a complete stop within literally feet. So it was a whole car just jarred and it stopped. And I, I had to look at it and I know enough about physics and speed and weight about cars because that's what I do. I really love those. And I, and there's no way this car should have stopped. And there was no bump or anything. It was just right over and down the ravine. And I looked at it and I said, okay, this is one of those times I have to remember. So my life was spared in that way. So I want to talk about that. Because when people hear that, what is some of the comments that they say? Oh, you got lucky. You're very fortunate. And it has nothing to do with luck. When spirit hears that, they don't get insulted. I wanted you to know. They they don't get like that. That's a human attribute. But they use the analogy of if you're waking up in the morning, how many people saw the sun when they woke up this morning and they're looking outside and, and the sun was up? How many people saw that? Oh, that's just luck. Somebody could say, that's just luck. That luck has nothing to do with the sun coming up. And it, it's that solid of a thing that, no, no, what we did is exactly what we did. 
you just don't believe the essence of miracles. If somebody doesn't believe in miracles, everything has to be very pragmatic and has to make sense and logical. They're going to have a hard time believing miracles like that. This is why people come back from after-death experiences. And uh, we could talk about that in another segment. But in the various energies that are happening, there was a reason. There was a reason why you had to stay on this earth. It's all about your destiny. While you were in non-physical form, because there's basically two kinds of work that we do as spirit or as humans. The first kind of work or involvement, I could say, is that if a family, a loved one passes on, one of the things that they do is they want to come back to help you, to give you messages, to help you along your way. Because when they left, there was strife maybe, and there was this or that. And they're always there to try and lend a support. Yeah, they are going to the light, because that's one of the questions sometimes that people will ask, well, did they not go to the light? Well, they did, but it was their choice to say, I want to go back and help my family. And you do the same thing. You want to go back and see if you could be of any service. So there is work to do, and this is where you could tap somebody on the shoulder, not to get in the car. There's quite a bit of work to do from a spirit end of it. Then the second one is a physical work or the physical element. And that's where we come in and we actually bring our souls, our energies with us, and we put it in this house called a human body. And from there, this is where the soul really starts to have the opportunity to grow. Our souls don't really grow that much just in spirit form because, you know, it's really easy to be in a peaceful place where there's no judgment, all there is is love, and you feel good. It's easy to do that. That's not where the work is. The work is to come into this environment where there's corruption and there's there's strife and there's there's wars and there's all these other things and there's people judging other people. And now let's see if you can feel good. That's where the growth happens. Remember, somebody once said that, I think it was Rami, that struggle is a gift because it is the opportunity where you can really grow. Because if something is not given to you, you have to work for it. You have to earn it in a sense. You have to get past a certain place and still feel good. Then you're going to grow. That's why we come in, because that is the most accelerated way to grow our soul, our being, our whatever you want to call it. And so that is laid out in our destiny. And when we come in, we look at our checklist of all the things we've done in other lives and maybe was successful, maybe half successful, maybe was successful. And then we go through a list of what we want to do and have accomplished. But the time we come back in that same place, in the life that we're going into. And a lot of people will say, well, how do I get a hold of that list? Does that make sense? I mean, if somebody told you to do eight things, in fact, I want to send you to the grocery store and I want you to pick up eight things that we need. What is your first response? Give me a list. 
Otherwise, I'll come back with eight things, and if they're all going to be uh, tomahawk pork chops, they, they might not be exactly what we need in everything that we do. We need salt and pepper and, and whatever we need. We have a list. So how do we do that with our destiny? Well, there's a couple of little tricks. The first one is even if you don't go into your records, and we're going to do a little bit of that in our meditation, but if you look at it just from a physical standpoint, we know one thing, that when a lesson is not learned, it repeats itself. The relationship that you are clinging, I'm not saying you in particular, but if a person is clinging to a relationship because that other person is their identity, give you an example. You get together with somebody and you just love them. They love you. But everything in your life revolves around that person. Your individuality is pretty much non-existent because you want to serve and help that person. And then they leave. They divorce. They go off with another person. And now you're alone again. And then you meet another person. In other words, the things that you don't like doing if that keeps repeating itself, that is one signal that that is the thing you need to work on. In that particular case, it could be that you are looking at finding who you are so you're not connected to another human. So that when a person is matched with you, you have your own fun, you are responsible for your own health, your own happiness, Everything is, I will take care of it. And maybe that is one thing on your list. If you don't like doing something, and this is the second or third time or more that you're repeating it, that could be one of the things you need to work on. Okay, fair? So this is where we start looking at what's happening in our life and why things keep repeating itself. You know, you go to a new environment with new places and new faces, and you still come up with the neighbors that throw the garbage over the fence onto your property. That happened in the last one. What is going on? Or you still get bullied with a, with a different crowd. There are some people that never get bullied. Now, I'm not saying they're any different. All I'm saying is that lesson of speaking up for yourself, fighting for yourself, they've learned it. So there's no reason to repeat that particular lesson. The people that are constantly being harassed by other people and you don't say anything and, it, and it's a repetitive thing that, that they do these things and you still don't say anything and you're just sort of suffering in silence and you're not speaking up. We talked about this in the throat chakra. As soon as you start speaking out and start fighting back, you're not teaching those people not to bully. That is human. What you're doing is you're demonstrating to spirit, to the energies, that I am not going to take this anymore. Yes, I am a person of light. I, I love everybody, but I will not be pushed around. As soon as you learn that, and as soon as you are on it, you will stop getting bullied because that energy is no longer around you to attract those people, places, things, and events. You're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Again, there's people, some person could just walk by and there's nothing. And literally 30 seconds later, you walk by and a kerfuffle happens right in front of you. 
And it's not by accident. If it just seems to happen, I, everywhere I go, it's like everyone's picking on me. Like, you know, going to the bank teller and they're just telling me that I have to pay more money on an account and I don't say anything. And, and that's why, because that energy is still there. So that's one way from a human perspective that might be on the list for you to look at and start addressing. The other thing is through meditation. This is the end of part one in the near-death experiences. Now go over to part two. Thank you for listening to Raising Your Spirits. If there is a subject you would like to hear in a future podcast or would like to book a session with Tony, reach out to his Facebook group at Genis Shields Natural Healing Center or group tuning classes with Tony on his online virtual weekly classes. The YouTube channel is Suzanne and Tony 17. That's Suzanne and Tony, all one word and the number 17. And the website is lovehigherself.com. Until next time, namaste. Stay.